Hello, I am Neil Hughes Hutchings, Senior Health and Safety Consultant at Aptham's Health and Safety. I am back for another edition of my podcast. If you are unfamiliar with the format of my podcasts and blogs, then as a reminder, their purpose is to act as a starter topic for further discussion within your organisation, to assist with improving compliance and to allow workers to understand the specific topic being discussed. In previous editions, I have covered many health and safety topics, but this month I'm going to guide you through one of the health and safety terms that crops up on many occasions, and that is competence. What exactly is competence? We hear and see it all the time. For example, Regulation 7 of the Management of Health and Safety at Work Regulations 1999 places a requirement on employers for the appointment of a competent person or persons to assist them with compliance in their health and safety duties. We also hear that employees need to be competent to carry out their work and be competent in the use of plant equipment and machinery and that those who carry out risk assessments should also be competent. We also hear that fire risk assessors must be competent and that we should use competent contractors and suppliers. So going back to my first question, what exactly does it mean? Many dictionaries will define competence as the ability to do something well or effectively. The health and safety executive expands the definition of competency and they describe it as the combination of training, skills, experience and knowledge that a person has and their ability to perform a task safely. So let us think about the care sector. As an operator of a care home or an employer in the care sector, you will want to ensure that your staff are competent to perform their tasks. The competence of staff should be taken into account when you are developing, carrying out or reviewing your risk assessments. This will allow you as an employer to decide what level of instruction, information, supervision and training you need to provide. Identifying the competencies needed for the different job roles within your organisation. Also consider specific tasks within your organisation what competencies may be required for those tasks. For example, if using mobile elevated work platforms, it may be identified that staff using these will require the relevant IPATH qualification. A competency matrix can assist with this process. Another example is where your first aid assessment and needs identifies that you require qualified or trained first aiders. You would typically put them on external training courses to gain the skills, knowledge and experience to carry out basic first aid duties. It is key to remember though that formal qualifications on their own will not be enough to establish competence. It is about getting that right balance and mix of skills and experience. I previously touched on earlier that if you use contractors you have a responsibility to make sure they are competent. You may recall my previous podcast back in February of this year where I spoke about the procurement of contractors. I provided you with guidance on how to assess contractors and evidence competence. It would be prudent to refresh yourself on this topic by listening to my podcast which is available from the QCS website. 
Similarly to your staff, you also need to provide your contractors with suitable information and instruction that allows them to work safely whilst they are on your premises. Examples such as sharing asbestos registers if there is a risk that contractors may disturb asbestos during their works, or providing a site induction that details what to do if the fire alarm goes off, or what to do if a contractor was to hurt themselves. I am a member of the Institute of Occupational Safety and Health, and a requirement of membership is to ensure I remain up to date and competent. This is achieved by continuously developing my knowledge and skills by keeping a CPD or continuing professional development log. As a health and safety practitioner, it is important to remain up to date on legislation and other health and safety information. And by reading publications, attending events, watching webinars or through your day to day job, you can develop further skills, knowledge and experience. It is important that you reflect upon these events. Think about why you carried out that activity, what you learnt from it and how you can use this newly learned information in the future. If you are not a member of an organisation that requires you to record CBD, you still may choose to do so in order to reflect on your professional development. Take time out to think where there are opportunities to professionally develop. Remember, it doesn't always have to be via a formal qualification. Think about your strengths, your weaknesses, and consider CPD activities that can help you in your career development pathway. So, let me recap. Competence is the combination of training, skills, experience and knowledge that a person has and their ability to perform a task safely or a function safely. Your workforce must be competent to carry out their day-to-day -day activities. Your subcontractors must be competent to carry out work safely on your premises. Fire risk assessors must be competent to carry out fire risk assessments. And those in your organisation who carry out risk assessments must also be competent. I hope this edition of my podcast has helped to discuss competence, what it means and where it may be required. I thank you for listening and goodbye.